This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Well, hello and welcome to this very special episode of WSFI Spotlight. We're here in the studio in Libertyville, Illinois. And first of all, I want to begin this show with my apologies to Deacon Rich. Deacon Rich, we are preempting Al Cresta, but we have something much greater here. We're here to talk about an exciting event that's coming up in our listening area. And with us to talk about it is Richard Souza. Richard Sosa is the Director of Music and Youth Ministry for St. Anne Catholic Parish in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. He's a worship leader, a marathoner, a recording artist with the band Yole, and he's also founder of the 1010 Adventures LLC, which hosts the Via Doloroso Trail Marathon at Holy Hill in Wisconsin during Palm Sunday weekend. He's a husband and a father of two beautiful teenage girls. With him is Mary Maori. Mary is the Director of Religious Education for St. Ian Catholic Parish in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. She was a teacher of theology for several years at St. Joe's Catholic Academy, and she has ventured into the wonderful world of Catholic speaking. She's hosting the Live Virtue Conference in 2018, and she's speaking for youth groups, parish events, and she'll be the MC for the upcoming event that we want to talk about here this afternoon in Racine, Wisconsin. Oh, wow, Mary, and you're a newlywed. Mm-hmm, that's right. Congratulations. So I want to say welcome to both of you. Welcome to WSFI and WSFI Spotlight. Well, thanks for having us, Angela. You're totally welcome. So I am so excited about this upcoming event with Paul J. Kim. Tell us a little bit, Rich, about him. Uh, Paul J. Kim is one of my favorite Catholic speakers. He speaks the Steubenville Youth Conference on a regular basis, and, and he speaks to... Um, thousands every summer at the Steubenville Youth Conferences that, that Mary and I have attended and, and chaperoned uh, many and hundreds of youth there. But he also speaks uh, at the Focus, the Seek, Seek Focus conferences for, for young adults in college and whatnot. And, and he speaks to families and parishes, not just in the United States, but all over the world. So um, he's just an energetic um, man that's transparent in his faith. It's just, it just oozes out of him. He's, he's, um, He's very uh, authentic in his faith. He's funny. He's a comedian. He's, He's a musician. He's very funny. We've been running those spots about the, he has his life insurance and, uh, yeah. He's oh, very Matt would funny. love that. Yeah, <laughs> would love that Catholic Financial Life. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Oh, my gosh. We should get Paul to do a plug for Catholic Financial. But oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, the president of Catholic Financial Life goes to your parish as well. Oh, awesome. Is I did it? not know that. Yeah, so there you go. Three shameless plugs for Catholic Financial Life. <laughs> <laughs> But getting back to Paul, so how, how did you manage to get this whole thing pulled together? So I, I can't take any credit for it, really. What happens is, um, this is how it works in, in Racine and Kenosha. So um, sometimes uh, it's a lot easier, as you know, uh, when you can collaborate with um, with various people. So Mary and I have been collaborating with uh, like Corinne Dillon from St. Mary's and, and Kurt Bauman from St. Peter's and Eric Antrim from, from Racine St. Lucie's and all these different parishes and, and St. Joe's uh, Catholic Academy. And, and we, so last year we began uh, a, uh, a bi-county conference uh, with Susan Swaffer, uh, Sarah Swafford. With Sarah Swafford. Mm-hmm. And so she was the, the keynote speaker for the, this day, this conference that Mary hosted. And, um, it was. It just went amazingly well. Um, 
our our youth are still talking about this conference to this day. So we decided we'd do this again. And so um, uh, Rich Mitch is another one that works with us. He's a he's a youth minister as well in in our area that works two parishes. And um, I'm not e- exactly sure how Paul J Kim came into the uh, into the mix, but when somebody mentioned that Paul J Kim could could speak and was available for this weekend we were having the conference, then um, you know, for as far as my part, I was like, yeah, let's let's grab him, and everybody on was on board because most of us have heard of him um, and know the the quality um, uh, and authenticity that he brings. And you were saying, uh, you and Mary were telling me before the show started that the venue is a little bit unorthodox, so it's not really what you would think of. Um, it's not going to be in a church. It's not going to be at a church. You want to speak on that, Mayor? Right. So it's not going to be in a traditional setting of a church or in a sanctuary. And that's so that we can draw young adults who may not feel comfortable going to church or haven't been to church in a while, that they can come into a venue like a coffee shop slash bar that the branch is and just listen to a talk and maybe be a little bit more open and not bring those preconceived notions or intimidation with them to to the event and that they could be just a little bit more more open. I know for me as a millennial, while I do go to church, I really do love going to coffee shops and hanging out with friends. So it's going to be a little bit more of a of a meet and greet with other young adults, but then obviously listening to a great message from Paul J. Kim. Yeah, the venue um, actually um, in the historic uptown area of Racine used to be a bank. Oh, okay, that's why okay. it's called the branch. Okay, oh, okay. Uh, years ago, I, I used to play there uh, with my band when it was called the bank. It was a nightclub, and it was called the bank, and we'd play live out there. And, um, and now it's called the branch at 1501 because it's uh, at, at 1501 Washington Avenue in Uptown uh, Racine. Uh, but it's it's historic. It's it's classic. In fact, where he's going to be speaking, they still have the vault there, like the oh. the, the original like one you know 12 inches thick metal. And uh, it it it, um, it has um, a really cool uh, what do you call it balcony. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be like ample room for for viewing if people could go on the second floor, see them from there. Um, yeah, and like Mary was saying, you know, it, it does have that really kind of uh, hipster coffee shop vintage know, vintage kind of vibe. Feel. Yeah, you know. So uh, my band's played there several times, and um, is it going to play that night by any chance? Yeah, Yole is playing after Paul wow. Jacob. Go figure, right? Yeah, <laughs> we had you played. I think at one of our events at Salute. Was it Salute's? Yes, yes, I did. Yes, you did. You were the you and Ian Anuzo. We had <laughs> both of you. We had all that. Yeah. And then I think we played a few songs together. And you played a few songs yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Anna's right. got a beautiful voice. Yeah. So you'll be bringing your band. It's a whole band, you know, even trumpets and different things. So it'll be very festive that night, and uh-huh. uh, hopefully after Paul J Kim, people will be hyped up and want to stick around and 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 stay for the music yeah and mary your what's your role that night so my role is to actually MC the event and introduce paul j kim to everyone there and really just kind of bring an energy and an excitement about who he is and his message to the rest of the group and kind of be a spokesperson for the kenosha and Racine young adult community and that's what i see my role as that evening i'm not giving a talk i'm not giving a testimony but i'm just there to introduce him and his message and like i said really bring that energy and enthusiasm for what it means to be a young adult Catholic in this world. You're so credible. I mean, when I was, this is the first time I got a chance to meet (laughs) you. You're so credible. Tell us a little bit about 
how you even got involved. Uh, your kind of your mini witness uh, story. My mini witness story. So yeah. I, I was born and raised Catholic in a pretty devout Catholic home and um, through the years practiced my faith and, and went to college and still practiced my faith, but obviously had a lot of questions and, you know, wasn't really living in a way that I, you know, would say was, you know, devout or, or even enthusiastic or excited about the church and, and Jesus Christ. And I don't even think I had a personal relationship with Christ at that time. Um, and then after college, I went to a small liberal arts school. Um, and did you go to school? I went to Monmouth College okay. um, in Illinois called the, the armpit of Illinois. So um, <laughs> it was not a very nice, a nice place um, to go to school, but the school was beautiful and it was wonderful. And I really appreciate the education I received there. But like I said, faith was totally on the back burner in my life. I went to mass every Sunday, but that was it. You know, I didn't have a prayer life. And then after school, I, I had a job with the state of Illinois, just kind of working um, a normal job and got laid off um, working for their agency, um, helping young people uh, pay for school and, and do some financial aid resourcing with, um, with high school students and was laid off and was praying a novena to St. Joseph at the time. And I'd oh. come back to the faith a little bit more and, and really become a little bit more enthusiastic about my faith life. Um, after I left school and I ended up getting offered a job at St. Joseph Catholic Academy, believe it or not. So St. Joseph, who I was praying a novena to, had me, um, you know, had my back and had my best interests at heart and took those prayers I was praying before the Father and just allowed me to to work at St. Joe's for, for a number of years. And I loved working there. I was a college and career counselor for a couple of years. And then I got into campus ministry and then teaching um, and really, really became um passionate about the Catholic faith and well, about he redirected your whole life. He redirected exactly. My wow. my life was on a completely different path and he he picked me up and put me on a completely different road and now I see all those things I experienced in the education I received. I studied English. I didn't even study theology. I did not go to Franciscan University of Steubenville. Um, but he he awakened that faith in me and that passion in me and is using me um, to really reach youth and, and young people. That's my passion. So. And you taught theology? Did I did say? teach theology. At St. Joe's? I did. I taught seventh grade one year, and then I taught the junior class two years in a row, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it and, and touched a lot on theology of the body and vocations and what God is calling each person to do. He has a unique plan for you, and, and young people aren't hearing that, that they're special and they're wanted and they're needed and they're blessed and they're gifted. And I really want to... To bring that to people's attention. What's on the minds of so those were seventh and eighth grade? Is that what you said? Uh, seventh and then uh, junior, so eleventh graders. So eleventh graders. Mm -hmm. And what's on the mind of kids that are that age? <sighs> the world is up against them, and they're isolated, and they don't have community, and they're not special. They're not special, and if they if they feel weird or they feel out of place, that the church doesn't want them. They wow. want. They don't want. The church doesn't want them. Um, the church doesn't need them, and that's the opposite of the truth. It's the church desperately wants and needs them. So that's something that I was trying to, to convey to to those kids. And but they very much feel isolated, um, and they they don't know who Christ is because no one's really showing them who Christ is. And and it really is kind of um, it's just. It's just ironic and crazy that we live in this world where we're so connected with Facebook and social media mm -hmm. and Instagram and Snapchat, you name it, 
yet at the same time, what we're finding are um, the youth that we serve, the youth that we minister to, even young adults, feel so disconnected and alone. And, and the word lonely comes up a lot, you know. And, and how can that be when, when at your fingertips you can talk to anybody? Right. And so what's happening is what, what you find is, is like, okay, well, if I can talk to anybody, you know, maybe not necessarily good choices are being made to um, what I'm uh, consuming, what I'm able to, uh, who I'm talking to, maybe what we're talking about, these kinds of things. So with, with such power at the, at the hands of y- uh, your fingertips, it's, it, our youth aren't really getting what, what is, is best for them. And that's Jesus Christ. That's faith. Mm-hmm. That's fellowship. Mm-hmm. That's community in the church. And I think that's what Mary and I um, both have, why we've both been drawn to what, what we do, you know, yeah. is, is that it's, it's epidemic. Mm-hmm. And Mitch, you're the director of music and youth ministry. In the youth ministry, what's the typical age of the, if there is a typical age? Well, um, I work uh, mostly with the high schoolers, so high schools. 15 to 18. Um, and uh, we do do uh, some, I just said do-do on the radio. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. But um, we work also with the middle schoolers uh, that are, you know, uh, uh, as young as 12 years old. But I'll speak on the, uh, on the age of high schoolers, 15 to 18 years old. And um, what's been great about this, so I've been doing this for, for almost six years, is that many of the uh, young people that, that uh, were in our youth group, as high schoolers have gone on to college but have not wanted to leave like they still want to be a part of something isn't that something and so uh like uh, what what my wife and i started doing four years ago is we started a mission trip to new york city so we go to the bronx we go to queens and we what do go you do Manhattan. when you get there oh um we we hop on a train <laughs> <laughs> so so no but what our 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 main uh objective uh, is to teach the kids how to live their faith out in action through prayer, through uh, serving the poor, and that's what we do. We we um, we work uh, with with uh, serving people who are uh, in a homeless situation. Um, we work in the soup kitchens. We've worked in the largest soup kitchens in in New York City in the Xavier Mission and Holy Apostles. We've worked with missionaries of charity wow. in their soup kitchens. We've worked with their uh crisis centers where they they bring in women who who are uh just they're they're new moms and they have nowhere else to go they're homeless and so they're taking care of their 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 young uh, babies as well and the 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 most beautiful thing i think that 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 i saw on one of these mission trips where we were in adoration at the chapel for the missionaries of charity and there was this uh, little baby she just started walking and uh and we're all quiet in adoration in front of the blessed sacrament and this baby who was raised by the sisters and her mom because her mom lives there God knew she caught on to the reverence so wow. this baby was walking around being very quiet walking to from sister to sister to and they would pick her up and hold her and then they would put her down and she'd go to the next one she'd be very quiet and she would walk around the area uh, i guess in front of the sanctuary by the altar where the monstrance is but she wouldn't go up there she knew that was hands off or holy yeah that was a holy and sacred place and um you know afterwards i talked to the mom i said uh you have a beautiful daughter and she says 
She's not my daughter. She's the sister's. She's mm. like, if it wasn't for them, she wouldn't be here. Wow. And that's the kind of thing that they do. We work with Sisters of Life as well. well who are the Sisters uh, the of The Sisters of Life in New York City, um, th- they're amazing. They actually take a fourth vow to protect life from conception to natural death. So um, This is a whole show. Yeah. I never knew they existed. Wow. Yeah, Sisters of Life are amazing. So last year we helped them renovate a uh, a a new place that was donated to them so to continue their work because um they do a, they do a lot of work they have a lot of places where they take in um uh, women in crisis pregnancies they take in new moms they work with um post abortive women and they do they host retreats they host retreats for young women seeking um and and discerning religious life uh, they're just an amazing and uh, uh religious order and they're one of the fastest growing too mm-hmm. of all the religious or there are a lot of them are like in their 20s and 30s that are going in there wow that's incredible ladies and gentlemen if you're just tuning in um, this is a special episode of WSFI Spotlight. Our guests today are Richard Souza, the Director of Music and Youth Ministry of St. Anne Catholic Parish in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin, and his colleague, Mary Mowry, who's the Director of Religious Education at the same parish. And we're talking about an upcoming event. Uh, Mary, go ahead, give us the rundown before we take a break. What is the date? The date is February 22nd. That's a Friday. And we are hosting Paul J. Kim, a well-known Catholic speaker. And he will be at the branch at 1501. This event is free. It's for young adults. And it'll be taking place, like I said, at the branch, 1501 in Racine. And I'm the MC for the event. And he's going to deliver a great message for millennials about how to live a Catholic millennial life and how Amen. to really adult as a Catholic millennial. So, And is there a cost, um, Mary? For Absolutely free. It's free. Well, we left the most important it's thing free. out. It's I free. I think I said it, but yeah, it's definitely free. It's yep. free. It's on February Gratis. 22nd. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. So hang on to your hats. Keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. As we got towards Christmas, one of the parishioners suggested, why don't we take out an ad on the local radio station? I have to say, I really didn't have an awful lot of optimism about it. But I was well advised. We went, we cut a little message. Once it started playing, I began to hear from the Catholics in the parish about how great this was that we're out there, how great this was that that we are showing signs of life, how great this is to encourage us who are here in the parish already. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois. 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated.
Well, hello and welcome back to this special episode of WSFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Angela Tomlinson. Our guests in the studio are Richard Sosa, who is the Director of Music and Youth Ministry for St. Anne Catholic Parish in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. And he's here with Mary Maury, and you're talking about a special upcoming event on February. Now, wait a minute. That's just a couple weeks away, right? Yep. Just yeah, like weeks. about a week and a half. Yep. Oh, my goodness. February 22nd. Tell us the dates, times, in case someone's just getting in the car and turn, turning in. Friday, February 22nd at 7 p.m., Paul J. Kim will be in Racine at, 15, at the branch at 1501. That's on Washington Avenue. You can uh, just uh, search him on Facebook. It's, our event is uh, public on Facebook, so it's free, which is awesome. There's plenty of parking. There's a huge parking mm-hmm. lot in back. It's in our historic uptown area in Racine. It's a beautiful historic building. Um, there's going to be a social hour for the first hour. Uh, it starts at 7, but the doors open at 6. So, I mean, if you want to get there at 6, you can get there at 6. And make sure you, it's, the capacity is only like 225 people for this building. Oh, I so, hope you pack the joint. So I, we already have like 75 people saying they're going on our Facebook page. There so. you go. Well, we're going to have to do better than that. What's mm-hmm. the, uh, what do you think the age range is of, I mean, he was very funny. I would go. And I am, I'm older than 30. I think you should go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I, I think you should go. Um, what is the new millennial? I think the, it's like, what, 18 to 97 or something like that? 18 to 97? Yeah, that's not millennials. No, I don't don't know. But anyway, um, you know what? I I know like plenty of our our young adults that that, uh, are involved in many of our ministries and that we've taken on mission trips and and that are involved in in like our our youth ministry core teams and and, and whatnot. I know a lot of young adults going. But I also know like like other people that are involved in parish just want to go see him. You know, because he speaks to everybody at any age, um, because he speaks to the heart. How did he get? Do you know what his what's his story? Do you know how he got involved in this whole ministry, or is that something we? Oh have to gosh, I think you got to ask Paul. I mean, he's on there. I mean, I know he's had a reversion. Another reversion uh, story. He's had a face. reversion story, and yeah. he puts it out there. But he could probably tell it best if I told it. Uh, it. It might not be the most inspiring, but he is a. It was definitely reversion. So if you don't know his story, you're going to have to share with us your story. (laughs) So how did you get Uh, to be? I mean, I remember you were saying, Rich, before we went on the air. I remember when you did the Bella Madre. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Mm -hmm. That that has to be one of the most innovative, phenomenal events that I've seen in our listening area ever. I mean, it was, it's so ahead of its time. Well, thank you. And that, uh, the Bella Madre Music Festival, um, it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. A lot of work. A lot of work and in a lot of fun. Time. And mm-hmm. it's not that uh, it, it it won't come back. If there seems to be like a need or it seems like there's like a uh, a resurge of of uh, interest in that, yeah, definitely we can work together and mm-hmm. and put something like that on because I mean that that event was was amazing and and the quality of of uh, artistry that was there. Kevin Hyder. Alana Boudreau, uh, Rebecca Rubian, and Chris Cole, just to name a few, and all on one stage and at one parish. It's, like oh. a, it's a festival. You know, I grew up in Massachusetts, as mm-hmm. you detected, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and they used to do festivals. That was a very, and my husband grew up in upstate New York, and we don't even want to talk about the festivals they do up in upstate New York. <laughs> they weren't necessarily like Catholic Christ-centric uh, festivals, but everyone loves that, especially in the in the summertime. But what led you to put that on, Rich, and how did you get so involved in the faith? Well, um, 
You know, like Mary, I grew up Catholic. I, I, uh, my parents are uh, two awesome Catholics, and they're very faithful. And and um, shout out to Yolanda and Jesse, my parents. Oh, by the way, since I'm shouting out, hi, Josie, that's my wife. And Madeline, Carmen, my daughters, hope you guys are working on your homework and right your now. And your sister, Margie. And Margie, go Margie. Yeah, go I, Margie. <laughs> so and, go uh, ahead. And uh, so... Um, so anyway, we grew up. We grew up Catholic. We we went to church every every um, every Sunday. We sat in the back. Uh, we weren't very involved in in parish life. And when I uh, graduated college, I left to Chicago and was on my own. And I felt like for some reason I'm, I don't have to go to church anymore. Right. It was almost like it wasn't my faith. For 23 years, I lived my parents' faith, and I had to find the faith. With my own, with my own legs, with my own arms, with my own heart, with my own eyes, I had to find it again, and so I basically wandered in the desert for good four years, you know, and I lived in Chicago for four years. In and, the in and the city. In, in the city, I lived oh. in Ravenswood. I lived in uh, Rogers Park and some beautiful areas. And it, in in actually, it wasn't until I started doing the the marathoning. Uh, a couple years after I left Chicago that I stepped into my first church in Chicago. I was like, wow, these churches are amazingly beautiful. What was the connection between the marathoning and the church? It was just a coincidence? Well, by that time, I was already going to church, and, and, and I started, I returned to church in 96, and and uh, I decided, you know, um, through a reversion that I, I need God in my life. Wow. Um, I felt I, I ha- there there's actually... Uh, a whole story that we don't have time for, but it was one evening I just uh, realized how much I was loved wow. by God the Father and how much he wanted me back. And I was that one lost sheep, and he left the 99 to come get me. And I remember, and I just got on my knees. I just started bawling. I just started crying because I knew it. It was at that moment. It was so tangible. You Were could you cut. in a church when that happened? I was, I was in a church. I wasn't in a Catholic church. Uh-huh. And then when, um, you know, that week, I went back to the to the my Catholic church down the block, and uh, you know you f- you stumble and you fall and you get up and you realize that uh, you're home, and um, little by little you grow and like Saint Paul says, we die to ourselves each and every day and you get a little, you get a little better. You take two steps back, but you take three forward and and whatnot. And so, um, I remember, and and. Uh, this is kind of a credit to what mom's prayers can do. I remember my mom when I was younger, when I was 19, 20, 21, my mom, I would be playing my guitar at home and my mom would be like, Richard, she's like, um, do you ever think about playing in church or playing some of these worship songs? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, ma. And I would just kind of blow her off because it was just my, <laughs> it was just my ma. And I'm like, what is, what kind of taste does my ma have? Could it, could she possibly have in music? And so, so she would ask me every about every couple months. She's like, hey, you ever think about doing this, uh, this kind of music playing in church? And when I was about 23, I told my ma finally. I said, ma, I said, would you stop asking me? I said, I will never play in church. I don't even like this kind of music. And I'm the director of music at St. <laughs> Anne's uh, in Pleasant Prairie right now. And so I, never say never. Right. You, you, when you when you say never to God, he's going to start laughing at you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to say, well, we'll see about that. So many good things have happened. and um, were, you, were you in the music 
uh, industry when you were in Chicago or you were doing something completely separate? Oh, no. I was in a band, and we were really awful. You were in an awful band. <laughs> we were terrible. Like, I, I have tapes to prove it. You'd be like, oh, my gosh, Richard, you should throw those away. So do you think your music has improved since you became more active in the Catholic faith? Or is that a loaded question? Uh, no, I, 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 I think that uh, when, when you allow God to have a hand in anything, everything improves. Whether that's your music, whether that's marriage, whether that's raising your children, whether it's even your faith. I mean, you can live your faith and put it all on you still. Oh, like yeah. I, yeah, you know, you could think, I'm, I'm going to do this. And even your faith, you, you have to allow God to lead you into that. You know, and so anything that you allow God to take the wheel on, it'll be better. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when I was, you know, quote unquote, driving alone and doing making my own music without any um, influence, uh, allowing any influence of God into it, it, it it was awful. It was it was it was heartless. It was mm-hmm. empty. It was it was stale. Whatever. And and. Um, and I also think, like, when people people will say, oh, y- you know, your music is anointed, uh, I, I, I'm a little more humble in the fact that I think that um, God's anointing uh, goes beyond the person worshiping uh, or leading worship. I think also, I, like Mary and I have talked about it, I've told her this, because uh, our offices are, like, 10 feet away from each <laughs> other. We, 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 we have our coffee conversations about uh, twice every morning. I say, I don't know so much if my voice and in, in, in my music is anointed so much as God anoints your heart and your ears to allow you to hear something. So it's the difference know? between throwing the football and catching the football. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. What a great, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Great analogy. <laughs> and this I half hour here. is brought to you by the Chicago Bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that's so interesting. So you think it's that he's opening the hearts of the people that you're performing I have uh, to believe that. I have to believe that because uh, first I believe that God can use anyone any way he wants to. You know, uh, he'll, he'll equip you with, with um, the gifts and the, the necessities that, that you need to do his work. And if you say yes to him, he'll continue to give you more and more. But I also think that... Um, you know, it's it's um, it's something beyond just just us. And I lost my train of thought. But basically, um, well, yeah. let me change it a little bit. Um, well, we were on the subject of music. What's the role of music? You think, especially now, we talked about everyone from seventh and eighth graders um, up. That that millennial, I guess you'd call them millennials. Mm-hmm. How how does music affect their spiritual life? I think it has a really powerful impact on on their spiritual life, especially through the lyrics of of various songs and and rap. I'm, I mean, there's beautiful rap out there that's Christian rap, or you know, there are Christian artists that that rap. But it's the lack of dignity and so much of the music that we hear that really predisposes many of these kids to look at their peers or to look at a fellow human being and in an objectifying or degrading way um so i think that's that's part of the problem with a lot of the the pop music out there and there is some good pop music with great messages i'm not going to deny that but i think so much of the the 
contemporary worship music or even traditional worship music that we hear on Sunday, it elevates the human spirit, it elevates our human dignity. And that that message is what I think brings a lot of joy to the worship. I know it's St. Anne's for sure, but any other church, because it's elevating our dignity and it's pointing us to who we belong to. And in pop music, it's like, no, you belong to the world. You belong to the devil. You don't have any dignity. You're, you're, you're nothing. Or it's, or it's all about you. And you can do no wrong. And that's the wrong message too. So I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of messages in our, in our current music that just devalues human life and human dignity. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, and and you, um, you hit on 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 it so well, Mary, and I think that it is very dangerous mm-hmm. to uh, to the soul if you're only listening to this music that that it defines you in a way uh, that doesn't edify you, that doesn't give you dignity, that um, makes you believe. That your worth is less than the worth God has put on you, and um, lyrics are so important. And it's just it's you listen to the and I think as as youth ministers, people involved in youth, we we stay in tune with what's out there. But but it's really easy mm-hmm. to get um, insular and not listen to uh, current pop music mm-hmm. so that I, i'm i'm i don't know if i'm is, uh, you would say i'm guilty of that or i just don't do that but then once in a while you go out and listen to like hey what's what's everybody listening mm-hmm. to these days mm-hmm. and you listen to a song and you're like wow whoa what <laughs> hey <is> wait this? <laughs> this is terrible mm-hmm. like this like really like yep. wow did he just say that i can't believe it i used to do a project with um my juniors when i would teach Catholic social teaching and Catholic social justice. And we would look at, when we were talking about human life and dignity, we would, I would have them pick songs that either elevated human life and dignity from pop culture music, from the things they listened to, and the things that, and songs that devalued. And they'd have to make a list. And I would have them, we, I'd say, okay, send me the lyrics so I could kind of go through them. And we would, I would go through them with a fine tooth comb to see if I could put them on the, up on the projector. But we would talk about, so, why does that devalue human life and dignity? Or why does that elevate human life and dignity? And are you going to keep listening to the stuff that's promoting that message of you are special and you are good and, you know, you, you are valuable? Um, or are you going to listen to the things that aren't just completely derogatory and, and degrading? So I used to do that to help them think and become a little bit more conscious of, of what they're feeding themselves with what are um, some of the recording artists today that you like as far as even in, in the catholic recording world mm. well, Anna i love i love <laughs> anna Nuzzo. um sure. i love the avid brothers uh the avid brothers uh if you listen to them they're they're not a a, a christian uh, band per se but um if you listen to their their lyrics they're very very spiritual and very much uh, go beyond what is this what what's in it for me kind mm-hmm. of a mentality what's in it for me and what's in it for me now you know so it goes beyond like what's in the afterlife what um, what am I doing in this life to deserve the next and and uh, so I, I appreciate them because um, 
I think, like, for example, like with Yole music and the songs that I write, I, I, I don't consider myself to be a worship artist. I'm a worship leader on the weekends, and I love... Uh, like Mary and I will will get together with a lot of our friends on any given weekend. We'll we'll pack somebody's house and we'll we'll you know we'll worship together. Wow! And we'll pray and we'll have yeah. like twenty twenty five people in a house and we'll just pray and we'll just sing worship songs. And and that I could do all night. Mm-hmm. When I write music, some, I do write worship songs, but um, sometimes you just write from the heart what's occupying your your um, your heart right now. What what it's saying. And um, me or or an experience um, that you want to put um, into uh, a melody. Is there a song that's coming to your mind now? Uh, of something that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like uh, there's there's a song that I wrote for uh, a friend of mine that had to put a dog down. Wow. And. Uh, that would uh, just bring me to tears. My I, husband and I are such big dogs. Yeah, and you, if there's a link on that, we we actually made a video about it. Um, and so there's a video on YouTube. It's called uh, Dark, Dark Night. And just uh, watching my friend go through uh, this ag- agony of putting the dog down prematurely. Um, and, you know, not, not as an elderly dog, but as a young dog. And just seeing them go through that heartache. And then, oh. and then, you know, just um, knowing, you know, that a dog, it's a life, you know, and, and God loves all his creatures. So so that's that song. And just be, being able to, like, like, there's a word saying, just, you know, just so you know, I've been praying for you all night. You know, that's one of the lyrics in there. And um, and how can someone hear that song if they're listening to us now? If you go Dark, Dark Night uh, and um, type in Yole Y O L, uh, squiggly E, uh, dark dark night. It's on YouTube. There's two versions, um, <laughs> so there's actually I have two videos on mm-hmm. on YouTube. It's a video of you singing. Well, it's a it's a so that's what the song uh, was written about, but the video itself we decided to change it so you don't actually see me in the video. What it is is uh, is I feel like God has put in my heart. Um, uh, uh, just, just a, a love, uh, for, for the homeless. And, um, and, you know, we, it's basically the video is a story of a woman who, who has gone homeless. And then in the middle of the video, you find out that she has a family back home wow. because she loses the photographs of her, of her young children. Yeah. And so she's trying to find her way back and she decides to give it a shot. To, to, to actually get off the streets, overcome that fear of going back home and trying to re-reconcile and get back with her family. She doesn't even know if they'll take her back. And she, she makes this trek, um, you know, uh, across a few hundred miles. And and I'll just leave it at that. It's a total prodigal son story. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so there's a couple... There's there's uh, an alternate ending video, <laughs> so we made two video, uh, two videos, one with an alternate ending. But I mean, that's it's not a worship song, but I mean, there's definitely the divine uh, that's present that that's present in that in that that kind of lyric. So, like, I think Mary and I both will will agree that there's lots of artists out there, like the Avid Brothers and mm-hmm. and different artists that that they they may not be um, worship artists. I love Will Regan. 
Um, mm-hmm. What about you, Mary? I love Andrew Peterson um, and J.J. Heller. I don't think I don't know if Andrew Peterson is a is a Catholic artist, but he's certainly Christian. Um, and J.J. Heller, I think, is a Christian artist. And um, a lot of their stuff can. It's not worship music. It's mostly kind of acoustic and easy listening type music. But it's really beautiful as far as the reflections on on faith and family life, which I, I love them talking about in a lot of these songs that they write stories of their family life and their family values which is so important oh you look at all the poles in our culture to mm-hmm. separate ourselves from our family exactly just appreciate what we have yep. ladies and gentlemen if you're just tuning in we have to wind up in a few minutes but it's richard sosa the director of music and youth ministry of saint Anne catholic church in pleasant prairie wisconsin and mary maori am i pronouncing your name correctly? you absolutely are yeah oh good Whew. <laughs> Mary Maury, who's the Director of Religious Education for St. Anne. I have to tell you, there's such a wonderful chemistry between you two. I wish every parent <laughs> <laughs> had that kind we, of chemistry between the youth and music ministry. We've and known each other for about four five, years now. Four or five years. Going on four years. We, we chap- I met Rich chaperoning a Steubenville conference to Minnesota. Oh, We have a lot of fun at work. We do. And we're good collaborators because I'm type total type A. Um, I lack a little bit of the creativity. Rich has a ton of creativity, but I'm like I can, a typo. the logistics and the the lists and the organization. That's my bread and butter. And and Rich is, I'll say something. I'm like, I'm kind of thinking about something like this, and he's like, Oh, let's do this. And then we, we can just fuse <laughs> our ideas together, and it's yeah, cohorts and crime. It's great. It's great. We can kind of blend our gifts and. And you're teaming up on what project? Well, right now, um, we uh, well, Mary is uh, director of uh, religious education, and she she's having a um, a uh, first communion, first Eucharist retreat this weekend. Wow. And so this is like this is a perfect example of that. So she's like, Rich, I, I'm th- I want to get some some like interviews with like your youth group on what what if they remember their first communion or oh. or whatnot. I'm like, and I you, you know me, I, I I do video production. I've made documentaries and things like that in the past. I'm and we still do it, and we do a lot of videos together on um, uh, on our YouTube page, and um, and so I said, oh. And I just ran with it, and I and we got the kids together on Sunday, and we interviewed them. And these interviews are just so amazingly rich; they're authentic. They're, they're, they're Mary and I were in our in our office today, in my office, watching this edit. It's not even done yet, and we're both like crying mm-hmm. because wow. they're, they're, it's really so. Profound. It's just these kids open themselves up so much. These I shouldn't even call them kids; they're young adults. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sixteen, seventeen years old, and um. And and you s- watching them grow through this, watching them overcome their struggles, watching them be able to say yes openly to Jesus Christ, to the church, and to the Eucharist, and all the blessings that come with that, unabashedly, like um, unafraid, regardless vulnerable. of what they're really vul- making themselves vulnerable, because this is so counterculture, right? It is like like to be a seventeen-year-old uh, young adult in today's world and say i love jesus christ loud and i love i love the eucharist and i'm this is this is my life this is my path this is my this is god's will for me that's that's like brave that's bold those are future saints you know so i i just give all the credit to god uh for just um just pouring forth his grace and his love onto these because it really we're, we're just 
we're just two people. Right. We're, we're imperfect. You mm-hmm. could even call us wretched if you want. Absolutely. <laughs> but but you know God is still going to use us, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's a that's a message I always try to let people know. It's like it doesn't matter where you're at right now. Look what he did with Samson, you know, mm-hmm. and um. But if you say yes to God and you you say yes at that moment, he's going to use you regardless. He can use you. He is so powerful. He'll use you in any way. And so that's what we're we're uh, working on. Actually, our Melissa are, and and Bella are our administrative assistants. Uh, we're we're always joking around like, you know what? We should create like a reality show in our office, and we could call it <laughs> the parish or the office, right? Or something. Like a spoof on the office the or something like that. Like, because it's oh, it'd be hilarious. It's well, right. with you characters, it would be hilarious, <laughs> yeah, right? That's very true. But that's now you have true. another event that's coming mm-hmm. up. What's that event? That's coming up on February 22nd. February 22nd, Paul J. Kim live in Racine, Friday at 7 p.m. Free parking, free admission. Capacity is only at like 225, so get there early, like by 6 p.m. or 6.30. Do they have to have reservations? No reservations. We won't turn anybody away. Wow, and Mary, nope. what do you want to say? What's your closing argument to get people to bring their kids? If you want to learn how to adult like a millennial and navigate this world as an adult Catholic millennial, then Paul J. Kim has got a lot of answers. We may even show you how to change a tire. Yep. My husband's listening in the studio audience. Another shameful plug for uh, Catholic Financial Life. Okay, that's it. We're going to go back to regularly scheduled programs and Catholic Answers, but you've been listening to Rich Sosa and Mary Mowry. I should probably say Mary Mowry and Rich Sosa to do equal time here. Oh, oh yeah. I don't mind. There yeah. you go. <laughs> From St. Anne's, and don't, you don't want to miss Paul Kim. This is WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org.